Welcome to the Banega Swastindya podcast. Our focus this season is One Health, One Planet, One Future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind because only a swast bharat can truly become a sampan bharat. Banega Swastindya is one of the longest running public health campaigns that believes that only a swach india can be a swastindya. One of the critical issues facing our planet is the amount of waste that we all generate and also obviously its disposal with garbage clogging our mountains rivers oceans there's also a threat of the man made you know these huge man made garbage mountains in the form of dump sites as well as landfills in fact these are you know sometimes we call them i mean they are actually ticking time bombs of environmental and health hazards So joining us for a very special interview today we have with us Omya Roy author of a recent book Mountain Tales Loss Love and Loss in the Municipality of Castaway Belongings. Thank you so much Somya for joining us. Thank you thank you for having me. Somya first of all before we you know start chatting and you know let me tell us about the book and its setting. I mean this it's one of the oldest and the largest landfill in the country Dionar in Mumbai. Tell us about it. Yeah sure. Um So it's um, about 123 years old this year. Mm. Um, when it was it was set up, as you can imagine, by by the British administration, um, because there was a plague at that time, and uh, they they they, in order to get to the root of the plague, they figured that there was a lot of filth in the city. Mm. Um, there were ra- there were rats carrying this filth, and therefore there were rats around the city carrying the plague that moved around in filth. And so to deal with with that. bout of plague um they thought why not we transport all the garbage to the edge of the city like really outside the city oh, okay. and they they bought about 823 acres of land in this village called devnar mm-hmm. uh, edged by the sea on all the sides um and as of as it often happens with waste around the world um from that point onwards the the city is just thinking that waste is going there yeah and so we can continue to consume and you know mm-hmm. throw away things and they're going somewhere out of sight where we can't see it somewhere where it's smelling but we can't smell it um and then also the city has encroached it so at this point devnar is about 300 little over 300 acres large um the garbage is piled up it's about 120 feet high some of the garbage mountains so it's not you know it's literally mountains of garbage um there have over the years been many uh, plans to remediate this garbage um but for various reasons including court cases the sort of the quantum of waste really increasing quite tremendously mm-hmm. it has been a pretty insurmountable challenge to to deal yeah. with you know um and there are waste pickers who live um there are slums awesome. all around the yeah. garbage mountains and their only form of livelihood really is to work and take away the only garbage that leaves this place is taken away by the bare hands of these waste pickers so you can imagine the health hazards that it has for waste pickers and also for the city uh, somya in your introduction you refer to dionar as a vast township of trash growing invisibly in plain sight mountains of 120 feet high you followed stories of four families for eight years i mean eight years is a really long time particularly farzana's story what made you zero in on the setting and Uh, also like why did you choose farzana as your protagonist i wanted to see what was their business like but it became increasingly clear to me that these were lives made of our 
thrown away everything that we think uh, oh i don't need it anymore uh, i can do without this and we just put it away their lives were made of that like i could see them using uh, our ripped jeans they were and so it was to me it was saying something about life itself life as it is today right mm-hmm. uh, what gives meaning to our life like india is one of the largest um, markets for cell phones cell phones land up there they use those you those thrown away cell phones of uh, food they find so it was a, as if a mirror image of our life in the city yeah. um they were living off of this but also it was making them sick so it was almost questioning Uh, the life that we live in our cities because that waste was making them sick it was giving them cuts it was giving them bruises it was giving them maybe tuberculosis asthma breathlessness um and yet it was coming because how do we stop consuming uh and so that that's what drew me to the story that it was saying something about what our world is today what our society is today mm-hmm. and so i uh, these were four families that i've uh, followed for seven or eight years and farzana increasingly you know she is not a very verbal person but when i met her at 13 she was tall gangly awkward um not very verbal but full of energy and her life consumed by trash um and as you see the book like you know i follow her even from the time that she was born she literally learned to walk on those mountains of garbage mm-hmm. um found like her first toys on those mountains of garbage um you know and and she had actually she shared a lot of very happy memories also like maybe a lot of food that we um now consume like say um imported apples uh, and she so she was almost seeing the city from this funnel the other end that we throw away these apples maybe because they've reached expiry date but she would pick them up and eat them uh, and it it was making her life but at the same time it was sickening her and so we could see this trajectory of of our city our world our trash how it was making these lives but also completely uh breaking breaking them shriveling yeah, them breaking sickening yeah. them breaking them as you said No I mean uh, absolutely I mean I can imagine especially since you were meeting I mean eight years is a long time I'm sure you formed that bond that connection so Dionar despite being on the fringes of the city take center stage in your book take us through the socio economic life that you saw unfold in the eight years when you were working on the book when you were meeting these people I would say that at first they had very uh, happy memories of this place yeah. because i mean that is their life i did want to show in this book that that how tremendous joy and tremendous suffering are so tightly packed together they thought that you know gold from the city reached their uh, diamonds as you know bombay is a great mumbai is a great um, diamond marketplace oh, yeah. and so they believe diamond dust arrived there you know mm. and and that belief in mm. luck that if only you you know bombay is a city of dreams and if only you looked a little further in those you know 16 million tons of trash you could find diamond dust you know if only you worked a night shift you could find gold rings and everybody had heard of somebody who had found it and so to me it was important to show that um, you know because those were the early stories that they would tell us uh, the the slums around them grew they encroached into the um, garbage itself and you can imagine what kind of life can you build on trash full of cuts full of bruises full of accidents mm-hmm. uh, and yet with no option but to keep working Yeah. So so that was the backdrop and I think the fires in 2016 made their life even more precarious. Yeah, true. Because there were police cases made out saying that the waste pickers had lit the fires. Mm-hmm. Um which they may or may not have, but certainly it also I in fact I began thinking of writing this because I thought that they may have lit it, 
but also we created this place yeah. we created it like I mean, it is our it is our waste i think we we need to take responsibility of that so ma in fact you document the various court cases and efforts to reduce the size of these mountains also setting up a waste to energy plants which may have shut down you know completely now as someone who has had had a ringside view to the proceedings why have these efforts not materialized uh, what is your take on that and despite court orders and guidelines like we have the solid waste management rules since 2016 but why don't you think these things have really materialized on ground why are why don't we see a change uh partly because waste is increasing um and so if whatever you plan for sometimes it's not enough um sometimes it's also not all if you think of it as a something that could be profitable i think around the world waste has not necessarily been profitable we don't necessarily have a profitable model for managing waste although i did hear of people telling me about particular incidents but um actually funnily wherever i traveled in the world i found that waste management yeah. was a problem it's only that in wealthy wealthy countries or cities they have the money to ship it to third world countries yes. and um, also the quantity you know yeah. the quantity in the west might be much more than the quantity here actually but they ship it to the but they ship it to the third world just as we ship it from wealthy parts of the city to poorer parts of the city yeah i think now now there is a more concerted effort mm-hmm. uh waste i would say that earlier it's possible that waste was not the top priority for municipal administrations mm-hmm. given everything they were dealing with and when they turned back to see the crisis the mountains were like really huge and you know um, not easy to remediate anymore uh, and not easy to create a profitable model out of yes. so what could really be the model for this is a technocratic question but certainly one that i think deserves more attention deserves more attention and in fact immediate attention you know that something needs to be done and again like i said earlier it's, it's it's not only the government i think it's more about each one at least at least the little bit whatever one can contribute you know we have cities like indore that have successfully implemented waste segregation and have gotten rid of dump sites dump sites and their legacy waste government of india swachh bharat 2.0 sets the goal of making uh, you know when we talk about making cities garbage free one of the criteria for which is to get rid of these legacy waste in you know landfills as well as dump sites how do you perceive this goal can be achieved on a larger scale across india like like we spoke about in door yeah i mean i think it's possible it's it's i think it's really wonderful that the government has given this a sense of priority yeah. that this is something important that while growth is important sustainability is important mm-hmm. as well that these are twin goals to be pursued um and that they can go in step um so so i think that's uh, really wonderful that they are giving it attention it's possible that every landfill may need something different every city may need something different uh, i i mean i wouldn't venture to give a perfect technocratic solution there are waste picking communities around the country everywhere in um, in delhi in um, ahmedabad in gazipur in um, in indore even um, and so as we think of solutions for waste we also have to think of what happens to waste pickers who yes. have so far provided a very private very personal solution to our waste for all these years absolutely we need to think how to be get them in the mainstream you know i mean it's not about just thinking about the waste but how do we get them also in the their way of living um somia i know we spoke about it in the beginning you did 
talk to us about you know how about the dionar but even you trace dionar genesis to the british era and how plagued the breakout in you know in the then port city of bombay in the 19th century and now uh, going back of course you told us about that but now we're in the middle of a pandemic um, how did covid 19 how do you think the outbreak affects the people of the garbage mountain and mountains itself so many of them are continuing to work there um as you know the lockdown was pretty severe in mumbai and so many of them finding jobs outside they became harder yeah more challenging and so um, many of them continued to work there or tried to continue to work there mm-hmm. um some of them told me that there was even like ppe coming kids coming there so in the rain they would wear ppe kits and pick garbage um sometimes it became harder for them to find markets for the garbage that they collected so, yeah. so at home they would have when i would go they would have bags filled of garbage filled with garbage thinking that they would sell it but they were not able to sell it because wholesale markets were closed mm-hmm. um so it was making their life more precarious um they already precarious lives more precarious mm-hmm. but they they wanted to continue working it was mm-hmm. as if they imagined that covid-19 did not exist so that they could continue to work although i'm sure some of them did have it um but i i wrote a story once for a, a website and i asked them that you know how is covid affecting you and one of them told me that um you know bimari nahi to berozgari mar mar yeah. like you know i think that is a challenge with uh, with a lot of people had even when we were talking you know for some people they didn't have really have a choice it was obviously it's their it's their way of living i mean the way of earning and that's how they live you know it's not what kind of health issues you witnessed you know people face there because they're living uh you know right near this huge mountain of trash almost all the characters in the book had tuberculosis at some point or the other um some of them had multiple drug resistant tuberculosis uh two of the characters in the book passed away while writing the book um so certainly tuberculosis was pretty common although there is there's not a very direct link between tuberculosis and waste um but certainly um when their lungs seem it could be that their lungs are impacted from the work that they do and being already weak they're in easy home for illnesses yeah, yeah. such as tuberculosis um so many of them do have almost all of them have asthma breathing trouble constipation poor eyes cuts bruises many of them have suffered from accidents if you ask them that you know do you have, have you know have mm-hmm. you ever had an accident almost all of them will like laugh and giggle and show you that oh yeah here's the time when a whole glass bottle went into my car or here's the time when you know a truck tire went over me and you know they many of them do have memories like that um but in mm. terms of chronic illnesses these were the ones that i saw like i said almost all the characters in this book have had tuberculosis or have it right now um life expectancy in this ward is was 39 years in um i think 2003 or 4 just when i yeah when i which is uh, compared to about 65 years for the rest of india at that point um when i looked at more recent data it had not co- while it was not clear that you know it has certainly not gone up by too much it mm-hmm. might be in its mid 40s now but it doesn't seem to have gone up by much so way below like below the national average so and a lot of health issues lots of health issues i mean most of them and again they, i guess even not having proper treatment access to uh, you know healthcare i think that's another huge issue Okay, uh, so may I just you know what are some of the significant environmental hazards of the man-made garbage mountains? Yeah, I think yeah. that's really important because of course we've spoken about the rag pickers. I mean, the, you know their health, 
But if I specifically ask you about the garbage mountains, the environmental aspect. Yeah, Yeah, I talk about it in the book, like the halo of the mountain, Mm -hmm. um, which is really a toxic cocktail of gases that are let out by our decomposing garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, landfills around the world are a huge, are a large source of methane, uh, which is one of the major greenhouse causing gases. Uh, It's a cause for global warming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are seeing just this summer increasing temperatures around the world. Uh, and methane is a gas that causes um, global warming. Mm-hmm. Um, you do see other harmful uh, gases such as hydrogen sulfide, carbon dioxide, um, which is also a greenhouse causing gas. They're in pretty high um, you know, higher than permissible amounts there that causes pollution, that causes uh, Greenhouse, there are a cause of greenhouse uh, gases and global warming. So certainly landfills are a reason and Devnar itself might be a reason for it. I also found some studies saying that um, in, in Delhi, for example, when they looked at causes for pollution, about 10 to 15 percent of particulate matter comes from garbage fires. Yes, garbage fires. And also because I, I also feel, I mean, it's not, of course, pollution. Yes. And that's why I guess they have so many like you said, breathing, their lungs are weaker, so they're prone, obviously immunity is low, but also the water gets affected mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the waste at some point, I'm guessing it keeps seeping down and the water, there have been studies as well where the water is also contaminated and obviously they're living close to that area, which again, like you said, their gut is weak. Yeah, I mean, health issues because that's another, I guess. Uh, Somia, just a last question and you've said in your book that uh, one person's trash is another person's scrap. So in the future, if the future is meant to be garbage-free cities, then what will become of the numerous characters in your book, like Farzana and her family, who know really nothing beyond life on these mountains? Their survival does depend on these mountains. What role do you see for them if cities are to go garbage-free? Sure, the solid waste rules say that waste because are to be integrated in waste management systems in the city. So in I feel that in the modern new systems that the city creates, certainly there should be you know, um, allied jobs that that can be given to waste pickers. Actually, uh, what are called material recovery facilities, driving, um, segregation. These are all jobs that can be done by waste pickers because they do have a skill. Actually, segregating and sorting waste is is a good skill. And if they can do it in, in a hygienic way, then I think that would be a good job for them to do. And over a period of time, I think really, uh, I hope that Farzana's children are not going to be in this business, but really get educated and, um, you know, maybe do something very different from her. Absolutely. I mean, really, we hope that. And like you said, getting them into the main, mainstream, I mean, if it's based solid um, management, obviously, there has to be a way of earning for them, integrating them in the mainstream, like I said before, very important, like a campaign when we talk about leaving no one behind. And definitely the waste pickers are a very, very important part of our society. I think we all should be grateful for them because, you know, we've seen uh, Somia many times, you know, even in Delhi, they have been, uh, you know, they've gone on strike and, and the city's in a mess because it's very easy to generate waste. But I think hats off to them because managing waste is the challenge. Yeah, they are managing it because we don't want to manage it, right? They are managing it for us. They are managing it. Like you said, I mean, they're doing our dirty job. I mean, yeah. But it was a pleasure, Soumya, for, uh, you know, speaking with us today. And I think also enlightening us. I'm sure, you know, the the book obviously makes each one of us think, you know, it makes you really realize that, I mean, of course, you followed them for eight years. You've taken a long time to write the book. But it definitely 
uh, is important that each one of them respect their work but at the same time i think we also start start taking responsibility of our waste thank you for having me thank you it was a pleasure speaking to you thank you so much That's it on the Banika Swast India podcast this week. If you have any comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on BSI podcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banika Swast India. You can also connect with us on the Banika Swast India handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue this conversation through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy and stay safe.